1: This episode of Bushwick Breakaway is brought to you by not even asking your bad contracts to waive their no movement clause. Let's go. Hey, Bushwick Breakaway fans, welcome to another week of the Bushwick Breakaway. A uh, surprising amount of news this week. Greg, say hello.
2: Hey, buddy.
1: Listen, the finals are ending in all these sports. It's going to be the dog days of summer soon after this. We luckily have the expansion draft to save us, but we're saving that for next week to go deep diving in that. Uh, you're calling in today. I know what you're thinking, listeners. Hey, didn't you guys start a Patreon, and didn't you get a Greg a mic? Well, yeah, that's, the answer is yes, but Greg, why don't you tell us about your day?
2: Well, let's see. Uh... I got to the airport in Savannah at five thirty this morning, which for me is you know sleeping in um, get all the way back to Albany decide to take a quick nap when I'm back here in Albany within forty minutes of that nap. My fire alarm decides to go off for exactly no reason, and then it took an hour and a half for maintenance to come over to turn it off
1: right so so we're we're calling it here we are,
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: At this point. Yeah. All right.
2: So listen. All, all I wanted was the net. That is all.
1: I think you and I both had eventful all weekends, and we might get to that at some point. But for right now, let's start with the thing that's very obvious to talk about. The Stanley Cup Finals have ended. And uh, Magic is dead. Santa Claus isn't real. And the Pittsburgh Penguins have won a back-to-back Stanley Cup Finals. And I think we predicted this,
2: what, last October? Uh, I mean, yeah. As recently as when the playoffs started, we said whoever was going to win the Penguins-Capitals series was going to win the Cup, and that's exactly what happened. So,
1: I feel—do you feel as bad for Nashville as I feel? Uh, because if this—that was the Rangers in a series where that goal was taken away, which—which uh, which was obviously a goal in my mind—I uh, would be livid.
2: It's hard to—I—I I, I went in the game five thinking whoever won game five was going to win the series. Mostly because I didn't think if the Penguins won the first three games at home, I don't, I couldn't think of a reason why they would lose game seven at home. And if the Predators stole game five on the road, I couldn't think of a reason where they would lose a clinching game on home ice. So I kind of, Accepted the fact that the Penguins are going to win the Cup as soon as Game Five ended. Obviously, the goal being waved off—just an atrocious call all the way through. It's the quickest whistle I've ever heard in the years I've been watching hockey. But he, he barely touched the puck. You know, him. it's it's, it's yeah. not. There's no saying the if that goal counts. I don't. I you know, the game itself would have changed. I'm not. I. I it's not like the Predators. Would have definitely won the game if that goal goes in
1: no definitely not. Uh, all, all that guarantees is overtime at that point, right?
2: Well I might not even guarantee that the entire game would have changed the penguins probably would have pressed even harder, and sooner the predators may have changed their style of play a little bit with a one goal lead it the game they, it was a game changing play, but I, I just i we can't say one hundred percent sure that the predators would have won, and that would be going to a Game 7. All we know is that one call robbed the Predators of a goal, and it was the wrong call. And the refs were bad all series long, and that was just a microcosm of really shitty NHL refereeing.
1: We can say for 100% they screw them over. And uh, it's very unfortunate, because I would have loved to see a Game 7. That's what I wanted for the series. Uh, I really wanted Nashville to win, especially to rub it in Montreal's face. Pittsburgh winning is an absolute nightmare to me. Uh, I really don't like Sidney Crosby at all, as we discussed last week on our bitch segment. Uh, And he still is that. Nothing's really changed. Uh, He's a back-to-back winner. Is Pittsburgh, uh, you know, I'm going to ask the the stereotypical kind of radio host uh, question here, but do you consider this Pittsburgh team a dynasty at this point?
2: Yeah, I think it's safe. They've won, what, three of the last eight, seven or something?
1: Yeah, three of the last eight, I believe. Yeah. So, yeah.
2: I mean, pretty good. Them, them, and the them and the Blackhawks have, for better or for worse, controlled their divisions over the last decade. So it, it's not. It might not be a con- conventional dynasty because they're not the only team running the league. But I think it's kind of kind of like uh, maybe the Celtics and the Lakers of of the '80s or the Spurs and um
1: lakers
2: (laughs) lakers of the most recent nba or even the oilers and the islanders in the 80s as well I'd, i'd say those were dynasties there so yeah i mean in what in some way shape or form this is a dynasty and it's impressive because unlike previous teams and previous variations of the league this one is being done with a strict salary cap and player movement to accommodate the salary cap is at an all-time high so you know it's good management and it's you know it always helps to have Sidney fucking Crosby on your team the fact that Crosby won the cons might is ridiculous though because he He was not the best Penguin player in the playoffs no um he didn't It it should have been it should have been Malkin I think you could have given it to Matt Murray and I think you could have even given it to Jake Gunsell, if you really wanted to but i think Malkin was far and away the best player the penguins had all postseason you
1: actually cut, the cut me fact off to that was my next question which was that uh is is Gino maybe the most one of the most underrated players in the league playing next to Sidney Crosby at this point the guy's an absolute superstar if he was a ranger we would worship the the ground he walks on right
2: I don't think he's underrated. I think he's properly rated. I just think uh, Canadian writers are fucking idiots. And oh, my God. Sidney Crosby, Sidney, Sidney Crosby is Canadian, and Evgeny Malkin is Russian. But I think people that aren't Penguin fans and Penguin fans themselves realize how important Malkin is and how good he is and how great he is. I, I don't know anyone that underrates Evgeny I think everyone considers him to be probably one of the five or 10 best players in the NHL right now. But Sidney just, Crosby is the captain. Sidney Crosby the Golden boy. is a talented player, and he's Canadian. So anytime Canadian hockey writers can give Sidney Crosby an award, they're going to.
1: And they did again. How much did it hurt you to watch Hagelin score the final goal, uh, having not played all series? It just felt like a really nice dagger to my side.
2: Uh, I I had no feeling about it whatsoever. Get over it. It's been like two years.
1: I'm off. I'm, Carl, Carl Haglin. I'm off.
2: Carl Haglin was a perfectly. He's, Carl Haglin was a perfectly fun Ranger, and he left because of salary cap issues the Rangers had. They didn't make a good trade to get rid of him. Um, they sold. They got two cents on the dollar for Haglin, but does it's, it's not like he's doesn't been good either bother either. me at all. It, it, Hagelin wasn't the kind of Ranger where it hurts me to see him in another uniform. It, I, he,
1: I, I don't even feel it's not. It's not like I don't even feel good for him anymore, though. <laughs> like I, the last time, I was like, "Well, at least Hagelin got a cup." This time, I'm like, "God damn it!" Sure. I mean, I'm, I'm over it. No,
2: but like, right? I don't feel good for him. I don't feel bad for him. To me, he's just a player in the NHL. He, he is what he is. It and Carl Hagelin was an entertaining Ranger, but I, I don't know. I didn't ever live or die with him. I thought he was. It would be like. If Jesper Foss scored that goal for the Penguins in two years, I'd be like, all right, that's interesting.
1: Yeah, that's fine. Whatever. All right, that's a good like, point.
2: Like, don't, I don't know. Yeah, I, it I, I'm still off-team like, Hagelin.
1: Like, I saw a bunch of posts uh, today that were like, oh, why'd it have to be Hagelin? Like, guys, it's over, man. Like, I hate that guy now. He's an enemy. He's won two Cups with another team.
2: He's, Carl he's Hagelin is not, is not the kind of former Ranger that should really elicit emotion from someone. Like Carl Haglin's Ranger byline should be, yeah, he played for us and then he doesn't now, so whatever, get over it. <laughs> I got I have no I have no sympathy for people that are just like, Oh, why did it have to be Haglin? Oh, this makes it so much worse. First of all, the Rangers shot themselves in the foot. not the Penguins' fault that Elaine is a idiot. Second, Carl Haglin played what? Three games in the Stanley Cup final? Yeah, exactly. Like not like he's necessarily an all star for them. They don't need Carl Haglund to play good hockey. Carl Haglund had an excellent game last night. I'm not taking anything away from him. He was noticeable on the ice and was motivated for maybe the first time all series. But to to just bemoan the fact that Carl Haglund scored a goal in the Stanley Cup final that turned out to be meaningless. Guys, what are you doing? Like, Find something else to interest you if that's really going to bother you that much.
1: It just, uh, I don't know. I guess it's like running out of things to complain about at this point. We're officially
2: in off season. Yeah, you're really yeah. You're fucking reaching. If you if Carl Haglin <laughs> scoring an empty net goal in a Stanley Cup final is something for you to get all social justice warrior about, then you need a you need to do something else with your life.
1: You need to host a Rangers podcast instead. It's just what it's just a better thing to do at this point in time. All right, uh, let's move on no, to the next. No, you won't second. be as angry
2: about Carl Haglin. Let me tell you.
1: No, you won't. Uh, next some offseason news. The Flames and Jets are reportedly uh interested in signing or trading or not signing for trading for Auntie Ranta on our team. Uh we don't have a, we haven't gotten a deal that we like at this point, but at least so far we know the market is out there. What would you expect to get for Ranta? I know we've talked about this before that the trade market for the NHL is just so strange and it's hard to it's hard to understand it, but I think like a second or a third might be the possibility of getting Ranta, and if I'm that team, I'm willing to take that risk for a backup goalie who might be something more.
2: The Rangers also, there's still a forward short in terms of um, expansion draft eligibility. Uh, Of course, what they can do is just sign one of their restricted free agents to an actual contract before the draft. Like, they can give Matt Pumple a one-year extension, and all of a sudden they become expansion draft complicit. But if they wanted, they could trade Ronsa for a forward they can expose and draft picks. But I think the thing they want most is a draft pick. And it seems like a second rounder is plausible depending on the team. Um, I mean, that's a similar package to what they got for Sam Talbot. So I would expect it to be in that neighborhood as well. But, yeah, I would would say a forward the Rangers are comfortable with exposing to Vegas and a second round draft pick is reasonable for – Ranta.
1: The more I read about the Golden Knights and the Las Vegas draft, the more it seems like they are definitely taking Talbot. i uh, not Talbot. Wow, sorry about that, guys. Uh, they're definitely taking Ronta, Ranta uh, if he's available. So getting a draft pick for him at this point, you know, it's better than having a sunk cost. I'd ra- I'd much rather get a draft pick for Ranta than have him be taken for free. And that's just obvious, right?
2: No, not necessarily, because I, if you have to remember that if you trade Ranta, then you're going to lose another player. You don't stop losing a player if you trade Ronta. It just means you'd lose Ronta for a draft pick and then probably lose Lindbergh or yet for yes Foss. Or so him. yeah I I if I mean I still don't see if the Rangers value Oscar Lindbergh more than Auntie Ranta, but the Vegas Golden Knights value Ronta more than they do Lindbergh, then I would keep Ronta and just expose him to the draft. That's that would be my market. If Vegas is enamored with Ranta as they seem to be, even though the most notable news today was that Marc-Andre Fleury is waiving his no-movement clause, so Vegas almost yeah. 100% is they'll, going to take have Fleury, Fleury. And
1: then they'll have Ranta as the backup. That, that was what I think was the plan.
2: Well, I think they have to take three goalies. So they still need they'll, – they'll, they'll somewhere have to have three goalies on their roster, uh, and it's a lot easier to justify – Ronta and his chief salary than someone like Michael Newbert in Philadelphia or, you know, Varlamov in Colorado. Those aren't exactly sexy options. Nope. But yeah, if Vegas, Colorado, so. if Vegas is dead set on Ronta and the Rangers value Lindbergh higher, then there would, in my mind, be value in simply not moving Ronta. But on the other hand, if you can get a second rounder and a decent forward, or Ranta. I don't know why you want to do that move just to save Grabner or Lindbergh. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like both those players, but they're not necessarily first line or even top six talents as it stands. And as great as Lindbergh is in his role with the Rangers, I'm, I'm not necessarily convinced he'll ever be a top line center or a second line center. He just might be a very good third line center and, those are still well, valuable, young, though. Still valuable, and I'd like to keep them.
1: That's like a, that's still it's still a valuable piece. Like a third line center is still. Yeah,
2: I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying it's not. But what I'm saying is, if you if the Rangers, for example, if the Rangers wanted to trade Lindbergh, they couldn't get the same package they could get for Ranta. So if the Rangers are comfortable with losing Lindbergh in the draft, they should know that a second rounder and a forward for Ranta is of more value to them than Oscar Lindbergh. And if that's the determination they make, then all power to them. I'm just saying, to trade Lindbergh for the simple fact of, well, it's better than losing him for nothing, they're going to lose someone for nothing.
1: Right, every, that every team's going doesn't that.
2: Nothing's you, changed. Yeah, you, can't, you cannot protect everybody. So someone is going to go. And the person that's going to go is going to have some measurement of value. So if you can't protect, like, it, it just, it becomes what you personally value more. And if think, the Rangers see that they can get more for Ranta than they could, than simply keeping Lindbergh would bring them, then they're going to do it. I just, I don't know. I, I, I still am not of the opinion where you have to trade everyone. Otherwise you're going to lose them for nothing because you're still going to lose someone for nothing.
1: I just think so, a second rounder. Unless you protecting is, everyone, it doesn't matter. Is a is a lot for Ranta probably. I mean, if I can get a second rounder from a team like the Flames or the Jets, I think I would take that and then try and lose maybe lose Oscar Lindbergh. I don't want to lose the one player I don't want to lose is Jesper Fast. I think he's pretty underrated on this team. I think he provides a lot of two way play, and and is just a solid depth player for us. Uh, I think I'd rather keep him than I would Lindbergh at this point. Maybe I'm crazy in saying that, but it seems like there's there's no chance they're taking Fast from um, from everything I've read. So. He's probably last on their list, so that does make me feel good. But I I think if I had the deal on the table and the Flames and the Jets were offering me a second-round pick with our depleted system that we have now, we're already building towards this this weird transition phase where we're still competing with Hank, but we're sort of building for the future and getting younger each year, I'd probably ship out Ranta and then try and lose probably Lindbergh uh, and then replace him with another player, hopefully uh, through free agency, as we do every year to sort of pick this one player who is under market value would take him in, and then like examples obviously Grabner and Stahlberg of the last two years have been uh have been players that have worked out for us rather wonderfully for average salaries. So that's what I'm kind of hoping we do. Maybe I'm wrong on that. But
2: yeah. it's fine. No. It's fine. No, I just like the the notion that the Rangers have to trade Ranta before they lose him, I just I find that only half of the entire debate or not even debate just a conversation it it, it just it, it would be different it's not like he's leaving as a free agent the rangers would lose him as an expansion piece but if the rangers value other pieces that they have to expose more than ronta and they know that vegas values ronta a different way then there is inherent value in keeping ronta just to protect the other players but again if a second round pick and a forward is a very good deal for Ronta. I would be surprised. I would, it would surprise me if the Rangers walked away from a trade like that. If one was on the table,
1: if it does come, we'll see. We'll and we'll know Dubai next week. Uh, I, you know, I don't think that Ronta will be on this team next week. I think the trade will happen, uh, but we'll report back obviously with some show notes there. Uh, next piece of news we'll be talking about here is the Rangers have contacted Lindy Ruff about joining Vigneault's staff. Lindy Ruff was formerly the Dallas stars head coach from 2013 to this year. Uh, he has a lot of different ties in New York. He's, uh, played with Arnell in, from 1986 to 89. I'm not sure he is actually taking over Arnell's job because Arnell is already interviewed for Buffalo. And I think one other position at this point. So I'm really not sure if Lindy Ruff will be coming in to work with those team, the, the teams or take Arnell's spot. Uh, he has a lot of different ties to this Ranger organization. He was actually the other person that they were going to hire other than AV into in 2000. Whenever AV got hired, that's skipping my brain at this point in time. Um, so, do you have any feelings about this, Lindy Ruff possibly coming here? Do you want him to come here? If is, is it great if he replaces Arnell, especially because Arnell is you know not exactly done the best job we wanted him to do in the power play.
2: Uh, I don't really have any hard takes on it. I don't know how much he could do or change, mostly because everything I've read it, it sounds like if Ruff joins the staff, it's going to one hundred percent be Vino's decision to. Make that happen. So he, it's it's kind of just a name. It it's like it's like bench coaches in baseball. Like how much influence can one bench coach have because they're still having to operate under the head coach's system? Very little. I I just yeah I I don't. It it's a flashy name. It's a name people recognize, but I don't know if it means anything. Like Mike Sullivan was a solid Rangers assistant coach leaves and he wins a couple cups with the uh, the penguins and he was a plenty successful coach with the bruins before he even came to the rangers i don't think mike sullivan is a better or worse coach because he spent some time with av in new york i just i, I think he's a smart hockey mind that found the job and i think lindy ruff there are positives and there are negatives but he's a guy that's obviously been in the game a very long time He's been a semi-successful head coach in his own right. He, like you said, has a lot of connections to the Ranger organization. If it makes other coaches in the front office more comfortable to have him on the staff, then there is value in having them. I just I, – I don't know. I, I think the impact a Lindy Ruff could have on this Ranger team is under 10%. It, it is a very small – Impact. I, it wouldn't move the needle for me at all. If they hired him, or if they hired some guy I'd never heard of again, it really wouldn't matter. All that matters to me is who's the man that has to make the final decision. That's Elaine Vino, and I do not trust his decision-making ability.
0: Hmm.
1: I, I think he might actually end up replacing Arnell, which would be what everyone would want in the first place. Uh, I don't know what that I would think. Be.
2: Everyone. I I think most people want. A.V. replaced in the first place. I, to, again, it's,
1: it's, it's A.V.'s team. It's not anyone it's, else's. That, it's, like, it's his sure, system. Exactly.
2: You know, you can't, if your manager is continuing to, again, a baseball analogy, but if your manager misuses the bullpen and you fire the pitching coach, that doesn't solve the manager misusing the bullpen. Right. That, that, the pitching like, coach had yes, nothing, the, had nothing the power to do play, with it. Right. The power play is a problem. Scotty Arnell is a big, is a part of the Rangers special team deployment and uh, gameplay coaching. But at the same time, it's Vigneault's system. So you're replacing, instead of replacing the machine that's broken, you're replacing a piece of the machine that you hope fixes it, but the machine itself is still broken. That's fair. So I, it just it it just doesn't matter to. Me.
1: It, all right, so maybe this, it, it's, it's this an, is just, this is just the a, a non-story. It's that people
2: recognize and get excited about, but I, it, nothing really matters if AV is still the guy pushing the button.
1: And that will not change, and we know that, and that will be coming up many, many times in this podcast in the next couple of years. So get ready for a wild ride is really what I'm trying to say. Speaking of which, for expansion. I think if, the,
2: if, if, the Rangers, if the Rangers have a disappointing AVs on thin ice, I, I don't think there's any... Doubt of that, I, and we know that it doesn't take much. NHL coaching contracts don't mean anything. They're worth as much as the paper they're written on. I think there's a scenario where A.B. could get fired midseason this year if the Rangers start slow. Absolutely. I just,
1: I don't, I see to me, I, I think there's no chance. I think there's literally no chance. I think they would let him play out the entire year, even if the Rangers were in the bottom of the division.
2: I no, just, I'd, I'd say, I'd say the Rangers would make a move.
1: I just don't see it. Um, I, I just think that they're all entwined there and they're all on the same page. No inside information, obviously, cause we don't have any ends, but we're working on that. But I just don't see, like, I, I think that whole group is all on the same page. Gordon, AV and, and everyone else, they're all there. Everyone gets, they're all, all the same team. So if one leaves, it's everyone. I think that's what it is. But that's just, that's just a feeling I get from everything I've read. I, I we've talked about over the years that AV kind of makes his own decisions and Gordon doesn't leash him in at all. Gordon's not like, here are the players that you have to play with. Here's Bustevich. I already took, I'm not calling Tanner Glass up. I will not do that, even if you told me. But it's obvious that Tanner Glass got called up because A V asked. That's what happened. A V asked. And then Jeff Gordon said, yes, sir. I will give you uh, what you would like to play with because you're the manager and you have control of this entire team. I will just make the signings and then you deal with the rest. That's it.
2: I don't think think it's that simple. But to each their own opinion.
1: That's fine. Uh, Next, we are recording this a little bit before 5 o'clock. But uh, at five o'clock, I believe you told me that Girardi install. Uh, that's when they would would have to get handed their no move contract or waive it. By that point, is that correct?
2: They would have. They would have to waive it. that That doesn't mean that doesn't mean the Rangers won't be able to buy them out after five o'clock. It literally only means a player with a no movement clause in their contract, if they, in order for them to be exposed in the expansion draft, have until five o'clock today to give their team permission to do that. And from everything I've seen right now, the only player that has is Marc-Andre Fleury. And it sounds like Dion Phaneuf might, but there hasn't been any definitive uh, yes or no on the Phaneuf front.
1: Hmm. <sighs> I just don't, is, are they going to be on this team? Like, why would they ever waive their new no move contract? They won't, they just won't do it, right? There's no chance.
2: It. I mean, to give them, A certain level of protection. One, they uh, would be able to keep their current contract so they wouldn't have to negotiate a buyout. Two, they would be able to control their own destination a little better. Um, They would know where they're going and for how long because, again, they don't have to worry about a buyout. Uh, And honestly, free agency for some players means that they have – the pick of wherever they want to go. But for a guy as old or as who has as much miles as Dan Girardi or Mark Stahl has on their legs, there's no guaranteeing that contending teams would want to sign them. And quite honestly, I don't know why a contending team would. No,
1: there's no way. There's so you, no way they've watched them play. play Everyone veteran, knows the contracts are awful. They're awful.
2: A veteran, a veteran player who's been in the league as long as Girardi and Stahl simply might not have the opportunities they would have if they, went to Vegas that would be the only reason to do it Uh, I don't expect either player to waive. there are no movement clause I still 100% expect at least one of them to get bought out with Girardi being the leader in the clubhouse Um, I still have some fears that Mark Stahl might be a ranger come October
1: I will guarantee that Mark Stahl is a ranger in October I'm going to call it right now I don't think he moves whatsoever I
2: think Stahl is fifty. I think Stall is fifty fifty. But I think there's a ninety nine point nine percent chance one of Girardi or Stahl will be gone in the next couple weeks.
1: I'm still on team. I don't want to buy out Girardi as much as I'd like to buy out Mark Stahl. I'd rather play with Girardi. I don't know if I'm. I'm just being biased from the playoffs. I'm fully admitting that. Uh, but I just don't see a situation where we don't buy out Girardi because we're gonna we're gonna try and go for Shattenkirk. And then we're gonna try and trade stall. No one's gonna want him and we're gonna be stuck with the contract. That's where I'm at. That's just what that's just what's gonna happen. We've said it on the podcast over and over again. We we will say it again. So
2: Yeah, I I don't know. I I'd say one nearly a one hundred percent chance one of them's gone. And I would probably put my confidence at thirty five to forty percent chance they're both gone. Uh, I just something something about it feels, it, it just, yeah, like you, it just feels like Mark Stahl, for whatever reason, He's gonna is score. going to be a Ranger.
1: He's not going anywhere. Uh, speaking of Ranger, former Rangers, and, or, or <laughs> Ranger defensemen, Keith Yandel was asked to waive his no-move contract. Uh, hmm, are we glad we didn't sign Keith Yandel? Or is this just like Florida wanting to get out of it because they're not no longer a contender? They have to pay him an ass amount of money over the next couple of years, I believe six more years. They can flip him to the Golden Knights, and Golden Knights can flip him from there to a contender and get a kind of a nice haul for that. Uh, are we Are we happy at this point in time? Because there were a lot of calls calling to sign Keith Yandel back last year. Are Are we happy we don't have him, even though our defense is kind of uh, in shambles?
2: Well, I don't think it's as simple as if Vegas takes them. Yandel's no movement clause would still be a thing. It would just be a one-time wave. So if he waved it and Vegas took him, His no-movement clause then goes back into full effect. So it's not exactly like Vegas could draft him and then trade him because they circumvented his no-movement clause. He still has the clause. This is a one-time waiving because of a special circumstance that Vegas would be allowed to take him. That's that's what that waiving, the no-movement clause thing means in the bigger picture. So I I think there's been some, I want to call them, I would call them half-truths about players with no-movement clauses that Vegas could draft. Of course, if Vegas drafts a player with a no-movement clause, it might benefit the player to just be like, scratch the whole thing, trade me to a contender. Um, I'm I'm just making the point that it's not like if Vegas takes a player like Flurry, for example, Flurry's no-movement clause would still be in effect for the other teams that Vegas would want to try and trade him to. He's basically saying... I'm cool with going to Vegas. I don't want to go anywhere else. Uh, As for Yandel, I still don't have any regrets about it because A.V. never properly used Yandel. It wasn't a fit. It didn't work. In theory, it should have worked perfectly. In reality, it was a square peg in a round hole. So am I happy the Rangers didn't sign him to that contract? Yeah, because he wouldn't have been better if he had more time in AV system, it still would have been super frustrating and just annoying to watch. Um, and Again, plus, the Rangers are basically... The Rangers are basically going to give out a Yandel contract. I mean, they're, whatever money you wanted to give Yandel is going to Shattenkirk.
1: That's what I was about to say. So does, that kind of makes me worried about Shattenkirk because they're sort of similar players. Not perf- like, perfectly similar. They're not mirror images of each other, but they have the same roles. They're sort of offensive defensemen with good passing ability. And if if Yandel didn't fit into this system, what makes me think that Shattenkirk will? That's really where I'm at.
2: Yeah, but at the same time, I don't think the system is necessarily here for the long haul. So keep getting players that are good players, and eventually you'll find the system. You shouldn't bring players in that fit your system. You should bring a system in that fits your players. Uh, A.B. will never learn that, which is why I'm hoping A.B. is not the Rangers head coach for the foreseeable future and I still think there's a way that AV won't be if the Rangers start slow especially if they have a big offseason where they get rid of Girardi install bring in Shattenkirk resign Smith um and then they're ready for a run theoretically
1: theoretically uh two more pieces of news then a little bit of nonsense and we're out of here the New York Rangers have named Keith McCambridge the head coach of the Hartford Wolfpack but he was also the assistant at that point in time. Now, we both don't know anything about Keith McCambridge, so we're we're okay with saying that. But don't you think it's a little weird that you're like, we're gonna make a shake up at the at the Wolfpack and then you just promote the assistant coach? Like, isn't that really is that even a shake up at that point? Like, I don't I don't think I would respond well if I was a player. Maybe I'm just making crap up at this point.
2: Uh it could be a shake up. I mean McCambridge is a young guy, I know that. I don't know necessarily the, the AHL coaching staff is very different from the NHL coaching staff, where the NHL head coach has some say as to who is on his staff. I think the AHL staff, the Rangers very specifically appoint assistant coaches down there, regardless of who their head coach is. So I think there's some organizational trust and faith in McCambridge uh, that pre-exists the previous regime. Uh, or I should say, is not connected to the previous regime.
1: Okay, that would make and more sense because I was just confused, yeah, thinking so, to myself like, if I'm a player and like I just worked with this assistant coach the entire time, and we we're supposed to be shaking things up because we were the worst team by far in the AHL. Well, now how is this guy going to change anything for me? I've already been working with him. I don't understand. So that doesn't make a good point. You do rather. Yeah,
2: I, I think I think the Cambridge's. Um, His presence on the coaching staff last year was not because the previous head coach wanted him there. It was because the Rangers wanted him there. So if the Rangers have investment and interest in this young coaching candidate, then they're going to want to keep him And they're going to want to give him more authority. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Then you make another switch, but you know, you got, you got to find out what works and what doesn't work at the AHL before you can really figure it out the next level.
1: The average age of the NHL viewer is now 49 years old. Is this as big of a problem as as I think it is for the NHL? Or I, I was under the impression that we were sort of becoming a younger man's sport. Uh, but that has not been the case according to a recent study of uh, viewership of multiple sports. The PGA being the highest, I of just, course.
2: The honest, honest truth is I just don't give a shit about any of those studies. I don't care <laughs> who I... I I'm not the guy who I don't care who else watches hockey. I'm watching hockey. That's all that really fucking matters to me like i I don't care that eighteen to thirty six year olds for the most part don't watch baseball. Good for fucking them. that doesn't impact me at all it is should the n h l be worried about it Sure absolutely yeah
1: they should but us, That's we I, really I, just, care. I
2: i don't i just yeah I just don't care like I think our generation if there's anything I've learned about it is where maybe our parents generation dabbled in different sports i think for the most part our generation just likes what we like yeah. and ratings ratings are weird because i don't necessarily need to watch an entire hockey game i can watch game recaps or youtube highlights or clips from a team's page without watching the full game itself to know what the fuck happened right i don't the people it's who just different worlds still sit at this point. down and watch TV are our parents. I don't sit down and watch TV the same way my dad does.
1: Yeah, I mean you so do a little I bit. Think, I mean I've been on this podcast before. There was Monday Monday Night Recordings that were mostly uh, let's find out what Greg's watching uh, on TV. Not not so much anymore. Usually things. net
2: yeah, but it's it's not even yeah, but even then it's now is like it's a Netflix show or something like that. Like it's not a my parents. Swimming. My parents do not interact with television the same way I do. Right, exactly. That that much is very clear. So I think whatever studies I I, I don't I don't know what else went into this study, but if they purely went off of cable box numbers, I think they're going to skew higher than they would if they had a social media element to viewership, or you know. A number of factors that could go into how I watch sports compared to how my parents or I think people fine. in their fifties. Hockey's fine. Just,
1: in my, in my yeah, opinion. The hockey's Stanley, niche, Cup, the it's Stanley, Cup, did,
2: Stanley yeah. Cup did great ratings. Yeah. I See, don't I don't but again ratings ratings is something else I don't give a shit about. It's nobody watches undisputed yet it's on every day.
1: Yeah, that's true. Man, no one watches that at all. The numbers are ridiculously low. That. Uh, the, I mean, nobody no, fucking watches. No, no one cares. But I think the NHL is fine. It's in a good place in the future. You know, it, it's going to be a sport that has, uh, is alluring to our, our sort of our generation of, uh, look away when there's a commercial or skip through commercials. Cause we don't ha- really have to deal with as many as we used to in hockey. That's kind of got the soccer syndrome of where it's nonstop play for a long period of time instead of the, in it, the NFL or even the NBA, which I'm going to get to in a second, the NBA was like the NFL over the weekend with all the stoppage time and how many commercials there were. It was unreal. I, I couldn't believe it. Um, speaking of which, I would like to congratulate the Warriors on winning the NBA championship tonight. Even though I'm recording beforehand, congratulations, Warriors. Uh, Durant is is now an MVP final. I'm just gonna call it now. I know we're recording before that, but I uh, think it's all set in stone at this point. Let's get. I'm sure hey, you want to
2: know. You want to know. You want to know something else? I don't give a shit about the NBA NBA yeah, finals. Yeah, yeah I, I just don't care. I it's care. So boring.
1: Uh, it was pretty boring. Game four was uh, was a treat, especially because uh, LeBron went insane and they scored like 49 points in the first quarter, which I don't think happens often. Uh, but uh, I think this game tonight will be a blowout. And, and if you're listening to this now and and the Warriors lost, I'm sorry. Uh, but I think that's very unlikely. Let's go to the Mets, Greg. I just heard some news that Terry Collins is playing some vets over some youngins. Any thoughts on that?
0: Yeah,
2: he's a fucking moron. What else do you want to hear from me?
1: I uh, do. You, I mean, he's not playing Goodfordo, who's been one of the hottest hitters. And you said, what was the stat line you gave me about Flores?
2: Flores is hitting, I think, he hit three seventy in the month of May, and he's hitting about four twenty in the month of June. Nice. So we're going to bench one. him for Jose Reyes, who so I don't even think he's hitting two hundred.
1: I uh, Do you have any logic behind any of this? Is there anything you could think of that could uh, support these moves? Like giving a day off? Terry Collins,
2: Collins is an old man that yells at the clouds. Okay. Uh,
1: where are you right Mets, now? On The your... Mets had
2: a day game in Atlanta yesterday. They had to make that insanely long two-and-a-half-hour flight back from Atlanta to New York City. So tough. To play a night game tonight against the Cubs. Conforto and Flores are both under the age of 25. I don't want to buy the notion that those guys, quote-unquote, need an off day. <laughs> They're playing the Cubs in what is an important series for the Mets who are still 5 games under 500. If the Mets want to consider themselves in any kind of playoff race, which I do not think they are any part of. These are games they have to win. They are playing must-win ball games in June because of how bad they were earlier this year. And Terry Collins's viewpoint in trying to win these must-win games is by benching his two best hitters. So, Pretty no, I wonderful. do not.
1: Where are you on I, your I, A.V. and Collins hate scale? Which one do you hate more at this point in time?
2: I'd rather have A.V. be a Rangers lifetime head coach just to get rid of Terry Collins.
1: There we go. <laughs> that, it's,
2: uh, it's, I, that it would be like, I, I don't even know what A.V. Like, it, would, it would be like A.V. deciding to sit the ad on a 10-game point streak so he can get Tanner glass some time on the first line. He kind of did that. But like that's the equivalent. <laughs> no, he like look, I get I have major issues with how liberally AV benched Buchnevich um, for vet quote-unquote veteran players who are just straight up less talented than Buchnevich are. At the same time there there was some silver lining of a justifiable reason. It wasn't a good one, but you could make one. And we were we were basically talking about a player who was seeing third line minutes. And we're talking about the guy who hits leadoff for the Mets and Juarez, who's been hitting fourth, fifth or third, fourth, or fifth for the last couple of weeks because he's literally crushing the baseball. And Collins in one of the most important series the Mets will play this year, it's just like, you know what, I'm going to bench both of them. Not, not even, if they're tired, play one, bench the other, and then bench the other and play the other the next day. No, Collins' decision is, fuck it, I'm taking them both out. He's just a fucking moron. It, it doesn't
1: really make sense I, to me uh, why he no, would do that. Just, you because can't make sense of it. It's pretty unreal.
2: You can't make sense of it. Michael Conforto has the second best war of any outfielder in the National League. And he's going to sit so Curtis Granderson, who is, I think, almost a full win below replacement level, can get some fucking at-bats. Let's talk some happy Curtis Granderson, who, mind you, is also a fuck-terrible defensive center fielder.
1: Yeah, he's not great. Can't really move. Kind of lost the legs. No. It's over for him.
2: And he doesn't have an arm. He's got literally a wet noodle for a right arm. Oh, boy. Uh,
1: I do want to speak very quickly about a team you do not like. Aaron Judge is possibly the most exciting player in the last, I don't know, since Trout, right? Can you think of a maybe Chris Bryant? I cannot believe the power he's providing this team. He looks like a monster. I didn't think he would have this hitting ability. He felt like a three-tool player where he'd be like strikeout, walk, or, or home run. Uh, but he is not that. I believe he's hitting like something like 330 at this point in time. He just hit his 21st home run, and it's the longest home run of the year. Uh, do you believe in what we're seeing now or is he going to be figured out in the future?
2: Uh, I, you, Man, you are dealing with a whole shitload of recency bias. I, Aaron Judge is phenomenal, but he's not doing anything Yassel Puig didn't do when he came up. And I don't think we talk about Puig as much as we used to. So I guess allow me to be the wet blanket. I would love to... I love what Aaron Judge is doing. First of all, I don't hate the Yankees. I, I don't think any Met fan should hate the Yankees. You can hate Yankee fans, but you don't have to hate the Yankees. Honestly, a Met fan shouldn't give a fuck about the Yankees. We have our own problems. We have our own shit. We have our own rivals. Right. So I am, I am all on the, why would a Met fan really give a fuck about the Yankees train? I think it's a, I think it's a very petty look for a Met fan to be, or even jealous look for a Met fan to be concerned about what the Yankees are doing. Uh, What Aaron Judge is doing is great. I think he has the highest, um, War of any major league outfielder. Mike, I know I said Conforto was number two, but that's just the National League.
1: Mike Trout is uh, officially think, down because uh, you know he's out with a uh, torn thumb, I believe it is. So he is.
2: Yeah, thumb uh, ligament. He
1: would be the the leader in the AL, but he's not.
2: Judge is, judge is great, and I think the thing that surprised me most about Judge is I didn't expect him to be a good fielder, and he's been arguably the. I think he's actually been the best fielder by uh, UZR and defensive run saved. Which in right field, which is something I never expected. Which is
1: crazy because he's huge. He's a goddamn tank. Like what? Looking right, next but, to him, he looks like the Hulk next to everyone else.
2: It's insane. I still, you still, you still have to worry about him either having to move to first base in the future or straight up being a DH just because you know the human body is not supposed to be that big. It and is not. He is. I mean, uh, he, he
1: kind of looks like a like a LeBron baseball player to me. That's I, obviously not the same but yeah, like I, player, but same build.
2: I love I love what Judge is doing. I think it's wildly entertaining, but before we call him the greatest player of all time, we've seen hot stretches like this before. I mean, hell, Gary Sanchez, was, about say Gary Sanchez. was equally hot last year. Um, and I know Sanchez has been battling injuries this year, but he's been okay. He hasn't last exactly weeks. Been, been.
1: He hit two runs. He hasn't
2: time. been a twenty. He hasn't been a twenty homer and fifty game kind of guy. No, he is not this year. But, yeah, I mean, we saw Puig. I think Puig was hitting, like, wasn't Puig hitting, like, 420?
1: Yeah.
2: In his first...
1: Second 420 appearance on this podcast today. Nice. Anyway. uh,
2: I know. Awesome. We're crushing it. Yeah, he was. Uh,
1: Good transition to the next segment.
2: Yeah, and players players have had hot streaks like this before, especially when they first come up. But I'm much more interested to see him do it for a whole season, then do it again, and then do it again. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and then yeah, I'd
2: be willing to have a conversation about him. Well, like I mean, you you brought up Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant won Rookie of the Year, and then he won MVP.
1: And now, like, <laughs> Chris, what's happening?
2: I mean, yeah, I mean, Chris Bryant's still having a decent year, but no, he's not having an MVP year. No, he's not.
1: Aaron Judge is having an MVP year, so we'll see what happens with that.
2: Uh, sure, and, I, and, and yeah, I think it's it's easy to say it's it's great watching it. People like Judge and Giancarlo Stanton. If they're not in the home run derby, why even have one?
1: Yeah, that's another thing. Why? Why even do that? I, I, I don't get that. That's like the home run Joe, derby
2: because it's wildly entertaining.
1: when Josh Hamilton was hitting home runs, then he took down Yankee Stadium. That was the last time it was really like insane, wasn't it? Like that was like you're yeah. telling
2: me you didn't have you didn't have fun last year watching John Carlos Stanton murder big. No, baseball. I did.
1: You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. My bad. It, it, just you should take the best hitters. Like same thing with the slam dunk contest. LeBron should be in it. I'm just saying. Like I know he will never do it. But we should have like actual people who can actually use their physical abilities uh, for entertainment, be in those those little sideshows, whatever you'll call them. Last
2: thing, the home run derby would be a whole lot better if they just didn't have announcers. We could just watch the guys fucking match.
1: Well, we don't have to listen to Chris Berman this year, so that's the first time in a long time. I know,
2: thank God. That'll oh, be oh, thank God.
1: Uh, that'll be something else. Uh, Sabathia, I also wanted to quickly touch on, he's been absolutely incredible for the Yankees. Uh, is, is he playing this way because of his contract year or is he just finding magic in a bottle right now? Cause he's definitely still eating Captain Crunch.
2: Is he having that fantastic a season? I honestly, I'm going to look at his numbers now.
1: That's fine. I think he has one or run thought, in his last five starts. So
2: well, yeah, it's, it's been pretty good. Um, I know his record, I know his win loss record was good, but I know that doesn't mean anything. No, it doesn't. Like, I'm pretty sure it hasn't. Hasn't Severino been their best pitcher and he's only got like three wins or four wins?
1: Severino and Panena have been uh, phenomenal for them, which is something I never thought I would say out
2: loud. Sebastian. I mean, again, I can't speak on how he's been recently, but he's got a one war, a 366 ERA, a 421 FIP. Those are kind of normal numbers. The thing is walks are still, I mean, he's still almost walking three guys per nine. Um, but he's yeah, you know, he's seven and two, so I get why people are like, Oh, he's having a great year. I wanna see nineteen point three percent strikeout rate, seven point seven walk rate. They're I mean, he's actually striking out fewer guys this year than he did last year, but not significantly.
1: His magic um, in a bottle is the answer, then. <laughs> he is. Uh, yeah, I think. Doesn't seem too improve. Yeah, again, so. if you're
2: saying he's given up one run in his last five starts, I mean, I, that is a phenomenal stretch. I'm stress. super I don't care ready are, for
1: show notes next week when I, when I totally
2: lied. Um, so I will do Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking. I mean, he's still giving up almost 14% of his home fly balls go for home runs. And that's not great when you have an under 50% ground ball percentage. He's, you know, he's, yeah. I just, I mean, he's doing better than I expect. Wow. Wait a second. He had, a, he was a two point six last year. Yeah. That's him being a two point six last year is more surprising than him being a one so far this year. All
1: right. So I actually have his, his last couple starts uh since May sixteenth. He let up no. Uh, he's let up four runs. That's pretty good. So he's got five wins in a row here. Or six. Sure.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, he's. Well, he, listen. Good for he's him. fine. I, I, you you made it sound like you was in the Cy Young race. And... No,
1: I totally lied. Show notes did, oh. it, did it early. Uh, let's finish up on the last thing. Because yeah. I gotta head over to uh to Queens for a, a private concert. Um, I had a a wonderful weekend of possibly being too intoxicated, uh, and I wanted to give you an intoxication thought I had, uh, and maybe you you might have one of your own. So we'll see. Uh, is lettuce nature's napkin? no <laughs> no because like you could wipe your mouth no. with lettuce pretty easily like if you were if you didn't have any napkins you had like a like a hedge of lettuce you could work it out you know what i'm saying
2: yeah you can you could do the same thing with a slice of bread
1: mm, so mm, bread is probably a better nature's napkin but it's not actually nature's napkin because we actually make bread interesting um, right
2: so you're just no
1: no i knew it was a bad idea you i didn't say it was drinking. good i'm not gonna defend should, this
2: one stop. you should stop drinking
1: Okay, it wasn't him. Who said it was drinking? Um, so uh, I know you had an eventful weekend. We probably won't get in touch with that. So uh, I'm just glad you're alive. I just want to say I love you. And then uh, I'm glad you're here still.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it was, it was, a yeah.
1: I love you too. Those, um,
2: I just, I can't, I just, we're old, man. I can't do three-day benders anymore. It's it's over now.
1: The old age of 28. <laughs> can't do it. it. It's all hit us um listen guys follow us on twitter at blue shirts break go to our patreon to uh donate a dollar and holler at us and get get on our discord chat and hang out with us over over there we've had some pretty good discussions on that thing that's been going well um and then that's about it right that's all we got for now that's about it all right man we'll be back next monday and next monday's a big deal show this one was kind of like an in-between show next monday is two days before the expansion draft we'll be getting deep into that we're gonna try and get a guest who knows if we can uh, I know I want to have a couple other people on, so we'll see what that happens, and then we'll have James on for the following week, probably for the actual draft itself, and we'll go from there. Any other notes, Greg? Or are we out of here?
2: We out of here. I'm we tired. Are? My I need I need to go to sleep before the fire alarm starts going off again.
1: Sounds good. Bye bye everyone. Bye bye. <laughs>